Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everybody, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan. I'm here today with Chelsea and Brooke, and we're in, actually, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. I don't think we hit any John today. No, no I actually kind of noticed that, that John doesn't include the story of the storm. and John's not that? a synoptic, right? Mm. So it's like John sticks out as a little bit Explain of a that. different what take. What does synoptic mean, So the Pastor synoptic Ryan? gospels are the gospels which kind of track together, right? Am I on track with that, Chelsea? Uh, that sounds right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say yes. Chelsea plays it (laughs) off like Ryan knows this. She totally knows knows it too. (laughs) Um, So the synoptic gospels. You're going to use a big word. You better know why you're using it. (laughs) They're the ones that track together. Like oftentimes we will see places where we're in Matthew, Mark, and Luke and not John. John is a little bit more, uh, a little bit more of a different take on things. I think it was actually written in a little bit of a different period of time. Uh, And there is a lot more of kind of symbolism and broader picture in John than you may see in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So if you're looking at literally just what Jesus did, the best places to find that are Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Don't throw out John. Uh-huh. John is very valuable. Yep. Um, all four of them are super valuable together, but that's what synoptic means. So that's why a lot of times John won't be present in what we're reading. Actually, John's a great place to, like, if you are just reading the Bible for the first time or you're, like, explaining the Bible to someone, John is a great place to start because of all those things. Yes. Um. So definitely don't throw John out. <laughs> definitely no, read it. Do not do that. <laughs> Keeping it. Got it. Yeah. Noted. All right. Let's talk out to you guys in today's passage. Um, so many parables. Lots of parables. I guess the biggest thing that stuck out to me is my question about why, why is Jesus, the redeemer of the world, purposely confusing when he teaches about the kingdom <laughs> of God? I mean, I don't, I don't have a straight cut answer for that, <laughs> but I, I think it's interesting that he talks about um, this is why I use parables and he explains that it fulfills the prophecy in Isaiah that when you hear what I say, you won't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's actually fulfilling a prophecy because he's using parables. Mm-hmm. I think that's very interesting. Is there in any way that a parable and not understanding builds faith? I think we see that. I think with how the disciples wrestle with the stories, I mean, oftentimes yeah. we'll see this actually said that, we read a portion today that actually said every parable he taught, he explained to the disciples later on. Right. Um, but we do see oftentimes just right in the text that he tells this story to like a broad scope, big audience. And then he does like a separate teaching just for his disciples. So yeah. it is, it's his disciples that he's preparing for immediate ministry. Right. So it makes sense that he would um, spend more time explaining things. It's just kind of weird to me that it's like, man, if you lived in the time of Jesus, that seems like a great time to live. Except for Jesus is trying to be confusing when he <laughs> <Right>. teaches. <laughs> yeah. Shoot. <laughs> um, okay, so we should talk about the storm because yeah. that's a very important story. Um, and Brooke, I would love to hear you had a very good thing that you pointed out in Luke. Yeah. So in so we read the story, um, and Luke was the third time we read it. And in verse, let's see, twenty three at the very end, it says the boat was filling with water and they were in real danger. So it wasn't a perceived danger that yeah. they made up on their own or had. Right. They weren't know, wimps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were they weren't like, oh, this seems kind of scary. Like it, they they're were fishermen actually too. in yeah. danger for right. their lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're right. They're fishermen. They would have known like, oh, this is not like just any old. Storm. They're on the water a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
what I take comfort in is that Jesus was napping. <laughs> I just like <laughs> Sounds like he was taking some comfort too. Yes. <laughs> also he was pretty annoyed when he got woken up. <laughs> which I can also relate to. <laughs> Same. Um, but yeah, I we also talked about how because of um well, I I pointed out as we were reading through this that I I'm noticing just how the disciples fit into all of this, that Jesus is taking them aside and explaining things, that Jesus is exercising power over creation. Um, all these things that they're learning from his teaching and all this other stuff informs how they're going to teach and spread the gospel and start churches later. And we'll see, like, I mean, they have the authority to write these epistles that they're writing later on in the, in the New Testament because they've yeah. seen all these things. They've been taught by Jesus, which, yeah, I think that's, it's not clear to the people he's teaching but it's clear to these disciples that are eventually going to go forth and spread the gospel. I noticed in the story the Jesus Navy for the first time, and the Jesus Navy is all the people that got in their boats to chase him as well. Oh. Where are they? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> so he got in this boat to go across the sea. Um, sea, I guess, lake, whatever. Um, but lots of people chased him in the boats. And so... A lot of times, like I actually, oh, although oh, other boats, boats followed, followed. I yeah. actually have never noticed that before. So that means when this terrible storm was coming up on them, it <laughs> I was, was going to say, oh. what happened to them? Yeah, exactly. They they also experienced this supernatural calming of the storm. We wow. don't hear anything about them, and perhaps they didn't know why the storm stopped. I don't right. know. Hmm. Um, but that's the armada of ships following these disciples and Jesus, <laughs> who also benefited. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Matthew 13, verse 52 says, Every teacher of religious law who becomes a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like a homeowner who brings from his storeroom new gems of truth as well as old. Um, I, I, This is the first time I've ever noticed that verse. I love it. Ever. Very good. <laughs> but I think it's very cool. I mean, that that the, the teacher of religious law is bringing in new truths as well, new gems of truth as well mm-hmm. as old. So like not forgetting about what happened that there's still like treasure to be held there in the Old Testament, in this Old Testament law that God's given them. Um, but this new gem of truth, this grace that Jesus offers is like, it all paints this holistic picture of what it looks like to be in the kingdom of heaven. So this is all walked out by the people who write letters, letter, who write letters later Better. on. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all writing instruction from the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. So that is my one pushback against... New Testament only kind of stuff. Like, oh man, I just love after Jesus. It's so great. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's but- your one pushback. <laughs> no, I have several. I know you I have several. Uh, so that's my first one. Um, that's one we'll talk about today. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean the 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 first century church. The lessons that they learned were from the Old Testament. Right. Uh, they learned a lot from the Old Testament. They also learned a lot from people who had firsthand experience with Jesus. So you can't throw out all of it, but it has to be held together, which I've yeah. talked about before yeah. on the podcast. Um, the other thing that I do have pushback against is a lot of times we can read the new Testament and just think that the teachers of the religious law were dumb or mean or right. wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's important that we notice there's a very easy first to pass over. Um, but it's important that we recognize that actually those teachers of the religious law were valuable. Jesus actually saw them as valuable and said, Hey, you're like a host that is just bringing all kinds of good stuff for everybody that comes to your house. So there were bad teachers of the law, of course, but there were yeah. also some good ones. It makes me think of Nicodemus. Right. Um, also, the Pharisees weren't the only religious teachers of the law. So there were other rabbis and scribes and stuff that had knowledge of the Old Testament. We get the Pharisees get a bad rap for good reason. Um, you know, killing Jesus. <laughs> well, you know. Spoiler alert. But, <laughs> oh, shoot. Um, but there are like other people who were religious teachers um, that weren't Pharisees or Sadducees or whatever. 
all those C's. C's. <laughs> Why were they sad, Chelsea? <laughs> they were sad, you see. see? <laughs> Maybe they were in that boat. <laughs> there was a storm. Their boat and... didn't make it. Yeah. <laughs> like, why does our boat have to sink? <laughs> Jesus is like, well, you're going to be thrown out where there's wailing and gnashing of teeth. Oh my gosh. He's a real party pooper, Jesus. <laughs> oh. Also, Jesus has, I, I mean, I use that as a joke, but actually Jesus has mentioned that particular line several times so far. Yes. As we've been reading the New Testament, I've About actually noticed hell. it several times. Well, specifically well. being cast into the place of fire where there's wailing and gnashing of teeth. Mm-hmm. So we've we've heard him talk about it with uh, like pruning the trees that don't produce yeah. growth. Mm-hmm. Um, we see him near here talking about the weeds that are growing up and trying to stop mm-hmm. uh, the good fruit. Um, it's it's pretty hard to read the New Testament in context and say that Jesus didn't teach about hell because he seems to be teaching about it a lot. <laughs> well, yeah, and we talked about this before that like he has three years of ministry um, and he's like, this is the basics. Like there's heaven, there's hell, there's salvation and it's available to you. Like yes. he's like hitting that every time. Yeah. That is like, he's not wasting any time. There except is a- when he tells parables. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thanks so much for joining us on God's Whole Story. But seriously, we'll be back tomorrow. See you later. Bye. Matthew 13, 10. His disciples came and asked him, why do you use these parables when you talk to people? He replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. And they will have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. This is why I use these parables, for they look, but they don't really see. They hear, but they don't really listen or understand. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah that says, When you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of these people are hardened, and their ears cannot hear, and they have closed their eyes so they cannot see, and their ears cannot hear, and their hearts cannot understand, and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but they didn't see it, and they long to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it. Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. The seed is on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as has been planted. Luke 8, 9. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God. But I use parables to teach the others so that the scripture might be fulfilled. When they look, they won't see. When they hear, they won't understand. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have the devil come back and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. The seed on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, then they fall away when they face temptation. 
The seed that fell on among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. And so they never grow into maturity. And the seed that fell on good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a harvest. No one lights a lamp and then covers it with a bowl or hides it under a bed. A lamp is placed on a stand where its light can be seen by all who enter the house. For all that is secret will eventually be brought into the open, and everything that is concealed will be brought into the light and made known to all. So pay attention to how you hear. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what they think they understand will be taken away from them. Mark 4.21 Then Jesus asked them, Would anyone light a lamp and then put it under a basket or under a bed? Of course not. A lamp is placed on a stand where its light will shine. For everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open, and every secret will be brought to light. Anyone who, with ears to hear should listen and understand. Then he added, Pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given. And you will receive even more. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. Jesus also said, The kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows, but he does not understand how it happens. The earth produces the crops on its own. First, a leaf blade pushes through, and then the heads of wheat are formed, and finally the grain ripens. And as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle, for the harvest time has come. Matthew thirteen twenty four. Here's another story Jesus told. The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seed in his field. But that night, as the worker slept, his enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat, then slipped away. When the crop began to grow and produce grain, the weeds also grew. The farmer's workers went to him and said, Sir, the field where you planted that good seed is full of weeds. Where did they come from? An enemy has done this, the farmer exclaimed. Should we pull out all the weeds, they asked? No, he replied. You'll uproot the wheat if you do. Let both grow together until the harvest. Then I will tell the harvesters to sort out the weeds, tie them into bundles, and burn them and put the wheat in the barn. Mark 4.30 Jesus said, How can I describe the kingdom of God? What stories should I use to illustrate it? It's like a mustard seed planted in the ground. It's the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of all garden plants. It grows long branches and birds can make nests in the shade. Jesus used many similar stories and illustrations to teach the people as much as they could understand. In fact, in his public ministry, he never taught without using parables, but afterward, when he was alone with his disciples, he explained everything to them. Matthew thirteen thirty one. Here's another illustration Jesus used. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, but it becomes the largest of garden plants. It grows into a tree, and birds come and make nests in its branches. Matthew thirteen thirty three. Jesus also used this illustration. The kingdom of heaven is like the yeast a woman used in making bread. Even though she put only a little yeast in three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. Jesus always used stories and illustrations like these when speaking to the crowds. In fact, he never spoke to them without using such parables. This fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet. I will speak to you in parables. I will explain these things hidden since the creation of the world. Then, leaving the crowds outside, Jesus went into the house. His disciples said, Please explain to us the story of the weeds in the field. Jesus replied, The Son of Man is the farmer who plants the good seed. The field is the world, and the good seed represents the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people who belong to the evil one. The enemy who planted the weeds among the wheat is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the harvesters are the angels. 
Just as the weeds are sorted out and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the world. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will remove from his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. And the angels will throw them into the fiery furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in their Father's kingdom. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Matthew thirteen forty four. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant on the lookout for choice pearls. When he discovered a pearl of great value, he sold everything he owned and he bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a fishing net that was thrown into the water and caught fish of every kind. When the net was full, they dragged it up onto the shore, sat down, and sorted out the good fish into crates, but threw the bad ones away. That is the way it will be at the end of the world. The angels will come and separate the wicked people from the righteous, throwing the wicked into the fiery furnace, where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. Do you understand all these things? Yes, they said, we do. Then he added, every teacher of religious law who becomes a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like a homeowner who brings from his storeroom new gems of truth as well as old. Mark 4.35 As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up, shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Matthew eight twenty three. Then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. Suddenly a fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. Jesus responded, Why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and waves, and suddenly there was great calm. The disciples were amazed. Who is this man, they asked. Even the winds and waves obey him. Luke eight twenty two. One day Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and started out. As they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap. But soon a fierce storm came down onto the lake. The boat was filling with water and they were in real danger. The disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Master, Master, we're going to drown. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the raging waves. Suddenly the storm stopped and all was calm. Then he asked them, where is your faith? The disciples were terrified and amazed. Who is this man? They asked each other. When he gives a command, even the wind and the waves obey him. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, It means a lot to us even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, If you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, We would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, You can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.